At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. Welcome back to Thompson to Clark. Welcome back, Jock Peterson. Yeah. Did you see that slide yesterday? I that was I I had to tell Denise I said you gotta you gotta watch it I said it's sad but you gotta watch it Did you hear his excuse that he was uh, protecting the wrist Yes 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 So I I don't know like (laughs) now you and I not professional baseball players though we did play a lot of baseball in our days Yes You could you could slide without like using a hand for security right like i mean oh they, yeah i mean i was a lighter guy though yeah. <laughs> i mean I'm not taking not taking a poke at jock here but i mean i you know i played at like 155 160 pounds so sliding was kind of my forte because i was a base dealer so pop-up slides all that yeah. fun stuff. super easy for me um now i'd probably rip everything from the hip down if i tried it but <laughs> i just so i guess i can't I, knock him. i found it interesting that he's like well it's going to protect my wrist now if he went if he normally slides to where he kind of uses his hand to push then i get it because it's sort of instinct you're yeah. like sliding and you're like oh i can't do that so i i get that but i just thought you know i've seen you know some guys are just wizards with the slide where they can oh yeah move around stuff and we saw uh tyro i think it was on i think it's on sun saturday uh he you know now they have that mitt so they protect yeah. their hands and so tyro did a head first slide at home and he grazed home plate a quarter of a second before he got tagged. Like it was amazing. I'm just like, man, this guy, he, he also yeah. stole second. They called him out and then they reversed that. So he was, he was, uh, you know, this is good base running is good base running. And now they don't trust yeah. jock. Now I will say he did go first to first to home on a double. He did. So he was and, on, and, he was on his horse, but I don't know if our third base coach sent him. <laughs> That's we got to go back and watch the replay of that because the ESPN announcers last night, they were saying that jock was going no matter what. And I didn't catch third base coach's signal. If he sent him or or what had happened. And if he did, it was before he even got, you know, when he was halfway between second and third, because by the time they picked up that angle, he was already around third. So yeah, but he he was already around third. And the ball didn't even get to the wall. That was what was most impressive yeah. to me. Like he, so sure. he he was very decisive in in knowing that he needed to score there because yeah. yeah I mean, and you know, in the back of his mind, I'm sure he's like, man, you know, this whole week was about getting a lead and then giving it up because we stopped scoring. So he probably thought, like, man, I need to score here, <laughs> you know, because I'm sick of doing this thing where we get some runs and then we give it up and we lose. So good on him. Yeah, good on exactly. Jack. Yeah. All right. So lots of stuff happening. And one of the reasons why I love recording this show on Monday is because usually news happens on Monday. Yeah. So let's talk about all the news that is going on in Giants world right now. Uh, So today the Giants uh, made it official that off the injured list, uh, Mitch Haniger, Austin Slater, they are back with the team. They are both in the starting lineup. This is, uh, you know, th- their excuse so far has been that they can't hit left-handed pitching. And some of it is because two of the guys who they penciled into their lineup as, as uh, against left-handed it, p- pitching is Hanniger and Slater. And we saw, you know, Slater was in there last year and the year before. He's really good against lefties. And Hanniger making his debut, he was their, one of their big signings in the offseason. So they're back. Unfortunately, though, when someone comes up, 
Somebody has to go down. Uh, unfortunately, that was uh, Brett Wisely. Brett Wisely is probably going to be one of those guys this year. He is so valuable from the utility spot in that he can play multiple positions. But he also has options, so he's going to be yo-yoed, I would imagine, unless he just starts hitting lights off the baseball. Uh, but he he came, uh, he went down, and then newly acquired Darren Ruff went to the disabled list. I was oh wonder, shocking. Well, was that it's like a wrist thing or yeah, uh, they call it wrist inflammation. I mean, I don't know <clears throat> if there's a more generic uh, uh, cover up disabled list uh, uh, caveat, whatever you want to call it, name moniker for, we don't want to DFA you. We don't want to have to go through the process. Um, How is your wrist feeling, Darren? (laughs) Oh, it's sore. I mean, I wonder if it was from he, you know, he's very famous for that inside out swing. And he had the, uh, It was in, I think it was in the, was it the first, uh, I can't remember if it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Where, Cause you and I were uh, playing the show. When it yeah. Was. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> he got, he, he, I think they scored their first run cause he inside out, outed a baseball into right field. That was like in on his hands. And sometimes when you do that, that could be, uh, you know, that, that could hurt your, your wrist, especially if you're fighting something off that vibration or whatever. So maybe, maybe that's what it was from, but yeah, I found that interesting. I didn't want to see them send him away. I didn't, you know, it, it it would suck because the story was that him coming back is he was so happy to come back and he did not, he did not do very well with the Mets and the media and the fan base didn't really embrace him because he was struggling so much. And this giants fan base likes Darren Ruff, uh, I would say oh, yeah. a decent amount. So they will, they're just basically postponing whatever that decision is probably thinking that uh in in a week someone else is going to get hurt and then he'll be <laughs> <Yeah>. back <laughs> well and, and that's you know that's kind of the way it rolls with this like decision making uh you know when it comes to the injured list and when it comes to bringing guys up and activating people and everything else it really is day to day you never know what's going to happen i mean there's injuries every day you, d- you didn't know wood was going to hurt his hamstring and 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 you know so these things happen um Sometimes they just open up spots. So really to kind of think, you can't even really think three days ahead. Um, or you can't even like thinking now when Wood comes off the IL, what's going to happen to the rotation? Who knows? I mean, yeah. who knows what situation we're going to be in at that point. But that's good. Uh, the Giants really were kind of hurting when it came to depth last year. And I think when there were so many injuries happening and guys were just underperforming, they didn't have the well to go to like they did in, in 2021. So that kind of threw things off a little bit. The Giants have a little more depth this year. Now that they're getting, uh, you know, the, the big guns back, you see that the guys that they're sending down help them win the last two games. So it, it's really, you know, just a kind of a, a wealth of, of bodies at this point. Um, so it's, it's a nice situation to be in for sure compared to last year. Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, Jock is back. He was activated yesterday before the ESPN Sunday night game against the Mets. And he did a good job. He, he helped the team get a W. They went to three and four on the week. So that was better than where they were headed after the first two games of that Mets series. But because Jock is back, Elio Ramos who will also be yo-yoed, I imagine. Yeah. Like, he he's no longer the prospect that they're worried about protecting. You right. know, they're worried about, oh, you got to make sure that he's not going to get down on him. So he's just become, unfortunately, I've used that word unfortunately like three times already. He, he's just become... <laughs> There's a lot of unfortunate things right now, but... Yeah, he's, he's just become the... Not, he's not really a prospect anymore. He's kind of just a guy, and he's a guy with options. He's a guy who can play some valuable defense. He can he can run the bases, but his swing is so inconsistent that they they're not protecting him. And it, really, he's just fighting for a role. Yeah, and, and you know, unfortunately, you know, when he was sent down reading Baggerly's article today, it's just kind of sad because he said it looked like he was struggling and, and you know, trying to bunt for hits uh, in situations where he probably shouldn't be bunting for hits. 
Um, you know, he had a 333 average in Sacramento before he came up. Um, he just needs confidence. Uh, he's a good fielder. He's a good base runner, quick guy. Um, but, but honestly, if you have no power and you have no average, uh, the Giants have plenty of those guys, yeah. uh, especially right-handed hitters when it comes to, um, you know, a situation like they're in right now with a wealth of right-handed hitters. Uh, Darren Ruff ha- has taken over for Elliot Ramos and Darren Ruff is a, is a tough guy to throw in the outfield. But when you have a bat like his, who can just crush lefties and you can't, you can't count on uh, Ramos to do that. It's just, you know, odd man out at this point. And it's sad to see because we, you know, a couple of years ago, we're like, Hey, we cannot wait to see Elio Ramos. And now it's like, mm, okay, who's next. Uh, and we've got Mitch Hanniger for a couple of years. So we're not really worried about a, a right-handed outfield bat. And we've got Austin Slater. So, you know, we've got those two guys are coming back tonight. We're excited to see those guys way more than we were to see Ramos come up. Uh, about a week ago, uh, as opposed to last year when Ramos came up, we were like, all right, now we get to see what he can do. And he got a couple hits in his first game and just kind of petered out from there. Yeah, yeah. Slinging Sammy Long got, I guess he got (laughs) DFA'd last week, and then they traded him to the A's for, uh, I don't know if it was for cash considerations or a player to be named later or whatever it was, but it uh, was a uh, cash considerations. Can I, I, I want to get a giant's Jersey and I'm going to put double zero on the back and just say cash considerations. And I'll be, I'll be that guy. <laughs> yeah. If a trade happens, I am cash <laughs> considerations. <laughs> and here's a sad one for longtime giants fans. Madison Bumgarner got designated for an assignment with what two years still left on his deal that he signed with the diamondbacks. So you know, they own something like 30, they own like something like 30 some odd million still. And they, they, they do him. They do. And you and I were talking about that when we were, uh, we were, we, when we were gaming on the show the other day, a little two on two co-op. Um, if anybody ever wants to play two on two co-op <laughs> with us, just uh, send us off your, your, your handles of, cause I think we could do cross play. So if you've got Xbox or PlayStation or, or Nintendo, give us your username and we'll, we'll, we'll get in some gaming. Yeah. Um, come, come through the discord and we'll, we'll all jump in the discord together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can even do an MLB, the show uh, discord where we throw out our, our handles and everybody can just kind of hook up. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's got this year, which he's owed a base salary of 23 million. Um, and then next year, 14. So, yeah, you're looking at 37 left. And then he's a free agent after 2024. But you and I were talking about that. I I honestly think he could probably be a guy who comes in left-handed bullpen specialist. Um, you know, he could be a long relief guy. Uh, he's getting paid enough. So if he can go to a situation where it's a team – that is winning and just kind of needs a mop up mop up guy or somebody who wants to prove himself. Um, you know, the pirates, uh, a, a, a veteran presence and the pirates are doing great. Pirates are what? 16 and seven right now. Um, and the Dodgers are going to Pittsburgh starting tomorrow. So that's going to be interesting. But uh, you know, a situation like that, even the giants left-hander out of the bullpen. I mean, it, you know, it could happen. He's, they can give him the league minimum. They don't have to pay him anything because he's getting paid by the Diamondbacks. So uh, I'm sure if he wanted to go to the Giants or or pitch for Bochi in, in Texas, he could probably ask for nothing and just say, you know what, I want to keep pitching this year and I want to prove it. So, But I think the problem with him is a pride problem. And we saw it near his last stay with the Giants. He comes from that old school. If this, you know, the hitter swinging out of his shoes, you know, he gets pissed off and he yells at him. Yeah. You know, if the if the hitter, uh, if he's trying to groove a three zero fastball, and you know, the hitter's trying to hit it over the fence, there's like these old school rules that don't, you know, they've never been written down, and it's just the way certain people play, and not everyone plays like that. He comes from that school, and in order to play like that. He's you just have to have the pride aspect of it. So I wonder because I agree with you. I think if he could come in and he could throw as hard as he wants for an inning or for two innings and not have to worry about throwing 100 pitches, 
maybe he can get something back. But does he see himself like that? Could he ever see himself as anything but a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball? Because if he can't, he might be out of the league. He may, I mean, I'm sure he'll get another shot or two because he's still, he's not an old dude at all. He can't, he, he feels right. like he's been in the big leagues forever because he came up, I think, before he was even 21 years old. He, he was 20. He was a rookie uh, when he was 20. So is there mileage left? I, I, I agree with you. Will he accept that role? I think that's a big thing with him. The, the whole mind, you know, the, the mental aspect of not taking the ball in inning number one, that could be a big thing for him. Yeah, for sure. I think you have to kind of gauge his mentality and see where he's at. Uh, he's not going to sign a minor league deal with anybody. He's got enough money in the bank. He doesn't need to do that. He can ride off in the sunset and go to his uh, go do his rodeo thing if he wants, ride all the dirt bikes he wants to ride. Um, but, it, I mean, you know, $37 million more coming to him. If he wants – if he gets an opportunity to pitch for a team – you know, that, that could be on the winning side of things this year. Uh, when you get to the postseason, uh, is, is Madison, there. there's history, but, but is Madison Bumgarner in 2023 postseason, Madison Bumgarner of 2016 postseason where he shut out the Mets? I mean, it, you know, that's, that's what you got to look at. We're, we're, we're now seven years later and his stuff just isn't there. Will he embrace driveline? Will he embrace a team that would say, Hey, uh, we see what's going on. Yeah. We can fix your slider. We can fix your fastball. We can give you some more ticks on that and get you back to where you were in, in your heyday. Um, is he, is he cool with that? I don't know. I mean, it's, there's a whole, there's a whole psychological aspect to Madison Bumgarner that we are not privy to. We see from the outside as Giants fans. I mean, his, his last start in Arizona, he's getting shelled, and he throws it, like you said, a 3-0 pitch to Wilson Contreras, who who fouls it back, and then Wilson Contreras is talking to himself, and, and Bumgarner takes offense to that and starts yelling at him. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, when he's frustrated, he's out of his head. Um, and he just doesn't have the stuff anymore to kind of back up the talk. So yeah. it's it's kind of a sad situation now. But I think if there's a team out there that's willing to say, hey, look, we can fix you, and and, and he's all for it and wants to win and continue to pitch in, in, in the majors, then, you know, hey, I think he should jump on that opportunity. Yes, yes. I, I would love to see him rekindle it. And, and may, you know, may, maybe it, it does take something like – getting designated for assignment for him to go, okay, like what I'm doing is not working. And who's the vet that when he was coming up, you know, had to learn how to struggle, you know, I don't know. I wonder if, uh, wonder if he's Zito. I mean, maybe Zito. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if he's got Zito in his phone. Does he got Timmy in his phone to talk to those guys about the frustration and, you know, I don't know. I I, w- I would love to see him pitch. I always I still rooted for him even even when he was in uh, Arizona. Uh, oh, for sure. Anytime I saw the box score and and he gave up like five or six runs and walked two or three and didn't make it through four. I mean, it hurts. It hurts to see that because he's a uh, you know he's he'll he'll always be a folk legend with us. I mean, it, it's uh, the guy came out of the bullpen and all of a sudden he was like eight foot five. I mean, it, it was, you know, he came out of that bullpen and we were fired up and we knew things are, are going our way in 2014. And then when he came out for his start, we, we, we have a chance, we have a chance to win this game. We have a great chance to win whatever game he pitched in, especially yeah. if it was in the postseason. I mean, he pretty much marked it down as a W. So, you know, hate to hate to see what happened. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. 
Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. All right, before we get to our player of the week, I wanted to mention some of the shows coming up on the network this week. Uh, Brian and I were at Chase Center Sunday for the Warriors and the Kings. We didn't actually go in because even after the game started, the lowest ticket that I could see was still four hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> wow. Well, now, now, what would have been your threshold? Oh, if like midway first quarter, someone who had like a standing room only ticket was like, oh, "Okay, I'm not going to try and get five hundred dollars and be greedy." A hundred bucks or eighty bucks, it's yours. I would have. I think both of us would would have done it. That would have been cool for sure. But we watched it price. outside of the Chase Center uh, on the giant jumbo screen that is on the arena and lots of Warriors fans were there and we h- kind of hung out and did that. And it was, it was a lot of fun, a f- really fun way to watch a game. So we'll talk about that tomorrow on the death lineup, which will live stream on YouTube, probably around five o'clock PM Pacific. And then obviously the download, the audio download will be up in the, the feed. Uh, I usually put them up right at midnight. So uh, they're pretty much there before people wake up if they want to listen to the shows. And then I think we're going to come back Wednesday night after game five. There's a lot of drama going into game five. De'Aaron Fox, the unstoppable Kings point guard, has a fractured finger. So his, his uh, wow. status is doubtful for the game. I kind of think he's going to play. He's a tough dude. Uh, and then Sunday night, Roderick and I will go live after the – NFL draft, uh, we'll talk about the draft itself, but also a focus on the 49ers picks, of course. So that is what's going on uh, with the network. So, Brad, let's go over the player of the week. All right, so we put up three. I kind of had a tough time this week. Um, I'll just, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll tell you, I didn't put Joey Bart in there, even though the bat was starting to come around and his Woba was up there. He's just, you know, with the platoon and everything, he's not getting enough bat at bats to make a, a huge impact on, on the player of the week yet. Uh, he can have a couple of good games in a week and, and find himself on there, but I didn't add him. Uh, instead, tied for third. Well, what do you what do you say? Tie for second place, I guess. <laughs> um, between because we only have three, I only picked three. Between uh, a couple of players here, Tyro Estrada had a had a nice week, but he tied for second place. He had a third three nineteen woba, um, two fifty nine average, a home run, one RBI, seven runs, and three stolen bases. We talked about his base running prowess the last uh, couple of weeks. I mean, the guy's the MVP of the team right now. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We thought Webb would be at this point, but it's Tyro. Um, and then tied for second place, Taylor Rogers. And the reason I threw him on there, and I know he gave up a couple of runs yesterday. They were inherited runs. But, you know, he was having a really, really rough start to the season. But he really turned it around last week. Four games, three innings pitch. He had a save, gave up no hits, no walks, no earnings, and struck out three. So I threw him on there. He tied for second with Tyro. Coming in first, baby Yaz. He had a beautiful week, a 401 Woba, a 304 average, two home runs, six ribs, two runs scored. And of course, his steady Eddie defense um, didn't even have to 
you know, question when the ball is hit out to Yaz, you really don't have to question it. It's just kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's almost always a can of corn. Unlike, guys, uh, uh, Conforto dropping. No, sacrifice that, flies. <laughs> that was rough. And I, I honestly think ESPN did not, didn't, didn't mention this, but I think the sun had a lot to do yeah, with that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, 4 PM start in spring in San yeah. Francisco. Man, that's a, that's a tough thing to, to and it was a, it was a really nice day yesterday in San Francisco. I looked at yeah. the weather before I went out there. I was like, God, oh, it's going to be a little cold. And then when we got out there, I said, wow, you know, it's actually much warmer than I realized. Sun was out, it, but it wasn't so warm that I was like sweating or anything, but it was a really yeah. great day. So I imagine it was also pretty, pretty sweet at the ballpark because uh, we, you know, we were only about a mile away at Chase. Yeah. Uh, we have, okay. We have four o'clock starts here on Saturdays at uh, Aces Ballpark when the Aces play, and if you're looking to the west, uh, like Conforto was, if you're sitting in the seats where you're looking to the west, it is tough, man. I put on, I have to have full sunglasses at all times, pull the hat down, uh, so it's a tough sun. So I can't really knock him for that, but it's counted as a sack fly, even though yes, he he dropped it and it's an error. It went in the books as a sack fly, so you get an RBI for that. So. We had talked about this before we get to what we're drinking. We had talked about this. It would be really fun to get out to a Sacramento game on a, you know, on a Saturday, maybe uh, to go see that team. You know, Casey Schmidt is playing. It'd be really fun to see Kyle Harrison is pitching out there. That'd be really kind of fun to time that up. Yeah. That'd be uh, awesome. And, you know, but and as I was thinking about it, you know, we should see, Folks in in the Discord who might be interested in in just making a little road trip out there, and we'll you know we'll go and grab lunch before the game, try and get seats together and hang out. That would be that would be kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, now you're talking Sacramento, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun because we meet halfway. Um, you know, I, I ever since we got the the couple of uh, uh, you know new cars and stuff, I'm enjoying just driving <laughs> so i <laughs> i told denise the other day i said i'm up for any kind of driving you want me to drive somewhere yeah well, i'll drive anywhere but especially if you tell me i'm gonna drive i'm gonna hang out with garrett i'm gonna watch baseball let's do it yeah yeah we'll figure that out the warriors mm -hmm. still being in season uh, hampers it a little bit but there may be yeah. some opportunities so we'll, we'll throw it in the discord and see if others want to roll out there too because you know, I always say like, oh, you know, I want to go see this person play or this person play in the minors. And then you kind of just forget about it. And, you know, I missed seeing Kyle in a ball. Uh, we uh, who uh, missed. I, I got, we, I, you know, I got to see Luciano play in a ball. So that was fun. But just, you know, just kind of forget about it sometimes. But I, I would like to see if we could see Harrison pitch or see Casey Schmidt play out there. That would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so now let's get to the drink. Um, I had some uh, some Johnny Walker Black, and I just decided to make a highball. I think I had the highball last week, but that was the pre-made highball. So this is my homemade highball with some seltzer water and Johnny Walker Black. And it's kind of perfect because it's low 70s out here in Sunnyvale today. So it's not toasty, but it's not cool. It's like kind of perfect to just have a refreshing drink. So that's what I went with. Man, it is uh, 60. What do we got today? 69 degrees. Right now it's 65 in Reno. For the winter we've had, you might as well just say it's 90 degrees out there. <laughs> there's shorts. There's T-shirts. I'm shorts and a T-shirt right now. Um, <clears throat> so I'm – and then yesterday – I made this drink during the uh, the Giants game because we got home, checked out my sister's new place, came home. Denise was like, I'm just going to – it was like 4 o'clock game had just started. She said, I'm just going to lay down and read for a little bit. I said, oh, cool. I'm going to, you know, grab a drink and watch some Giants baseball. So I went back to – I'm going to call it my signature drink. Uh, where did I put the bottle? There it is. I'm going to call it my signature drink because I don't know who else is making this drink. I just made it up myself. Um, it's the Terramana. Terramana silver. Oh, there's a little tiny bit left in it. I got to pour that. Mm. Um, can't let that go to waste. <laughs> and then the grapefruit Zevia, which is, you know, sugar-free, no caffeine or anything, no food coloring, no coloring in it and anything yep. like that. Mix the two and a couple of wedges of lime in there. 
and nice and refreshing and cool. Put it in the Maui Brewing Company glass. So I feel like I feel like it's summer right now. Let's how how many shots are, are you putting? One shot in there, a shot and a half. It's a double, so two ounces of tequila, okay. which is about the standard when you're mixing drinks. So, um, yeah, I, I put two ounces, and then with the 12 ounces of uh, the Zevia grapefruit and the lime, it's a sipper. I mean, it you know it'll last me a while, which is really cool because a 12 ounce beer, if it's hoppy and it's juicy and it's refreshing, I'll go through that sucker a little too fast. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I like this because it's more of a sipper. I can add some ice to it, keep drinking it for a while. So, um, yeah, maybe, yeah we, we got to, we, I think we got to name that after the show or something. We can, well, okay. I was going to say, I was, I'll come up with something now, but it's got to be witty and it's got to be good. So I need time. Yeah. So <laughs> you come up with the name. I will. Well, you know, because uh, one of our one of our favorites, the the Giant Cocktails podcast. Yes. Every time they do a podcast, they create a graphic for the drink that they are having, and we didn't even know before we met them that that was their gimmick. We just, you know, our our show isn't only you know around the the drink, but we were kind of doing the same thing, and so we'll have you know they do that with theirs they put out a, a, a something on instagram every show with whatever the drink is so we'll have to create the official thompson to clark drink and uh we'll, you know it's got to be the 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 terramana tequila it, it can't be anything else like that's that's right. that's the go to nope, that's we'll, we'll have it. to we'll have to tag them in, in, when we put up the graphic but yeah once we brad once brad comes up with the name we'll we'll put the recipe or, out in uh in 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 on our Instagram page at uh, bspn Better, underscore media, I can even leave it to the experts. What I can do is tell them the drink, have them taste it, and then have them name it for us. You know the the, the, on, the only the only thing they're really good with fancying up their drinks. I that's true. Yeah, so. They're actual they made, like they made bartenders. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna go. That's a pedestrian <laughs> drink, Brad. What are you doing? But I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to offend them with my crappy taste. But I really, <laughs> I really like this drink. I don't know why. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. We'll figure something out. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll name it, and then we'll we'll put a graphic yeah. up on our Instagram and Twitter and such. All right, let's uh, hit the rest of the show here. We're going to focus on the upcoming schedule for the Giants. They have a very interesting schedule this weekend. Yeah. They go to Mexico City. What, a, what, what does the what I know the 49ers played the Cardinals in Mexico right. City this year. What does the air do to the baseball? Let's check the Mexico City elevation. And they are 7,349 feet. All right. So Coors Field elevation is 5,200 feet. So you're talking about 2,000 feet higher. Um, I'm at 4,500 feet here in Reno. Um, When we go up to Tahoe... Near about 7,000 feet. You feel it even from this height to that height, only going up about 3,000 feet. You absolutely feel it the day you get there. Um, it usually, if we're, if we're in Tahoe for a week long vacation, it takes a day or two. And then all of a sudden you kick in and you go, okay, now I, now I'm good. First night, hard to sleep. The Giants play on Thursday against the Cardinals to finish up a, a four game series. Mm hmm. Then they travel Friday. They've only got one day to get acclimated to this. Then they play baseball on Saturday and Sunday. If anything, we know that Coors Field takes the bite out of your slider. Uh, So I think slider pitchers are going to have a rough time. Is it going to be a high-scoring game? I don't 100% know because I don't know much about the stadium that they're playing in. Uh, But anytime you get a high elevation like that, um, you know, you are going to have some fireworks. You're going to have some home runs. You're going to have some ball travel because of you just have lighter air. There's much less resistance when you're playing at AT and T Park. It's not just the big ballpark that makes it harder to hit home runs. It's the humidity off of the bay. 
and it's the heavy, heavy air because you're at sea level. So you have heavy air, you have humidity, and you've got a big ballpark. So that's why it's a little bit harder to hit ball balls out of that stadium. So when you go to Mex- Mexico City and, and you've got two teams that really do rely on home runs, this could be some like 15 to 14 ball games uh, with ease. I Yeah, I wonder what the Giants are going to do with their pitching staff because, like you said, four games against cards, then they get a day off. But in that day off, then there's like a crazy travel and trying to get acclimated and playing in somewhere you've never played before. So there's some things going on there. And, you know, they they, they have this thought that, oh, you know, is it going to be Mane or is it going to be Junis based based upon the, the team we're playing against and what their dominant hitters are? Maybe this is where the we have seven starters comes in, though, like you said, Wood is was hurt. Maybe that right. comes in handy in a weekend like this where you may have to, you know, uh, who is it? Uh, who's the kid who came in uh, in the nine to four game and through five innings? Is Was that Beck? Yeah, Tristan Beck. You've got Tristan Beck. You've got Junis. Um, I mean, Junis can make a start. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways you could you could play this. But you know, do having having Friday off, you can adjust your your rotation a little bit. Um, you don't want to bring up a guy like Kyle Harrison who's not doing fantastic in AAA yet. He's adjusting, but not quite there. But again, no way in hell do you want to have him be your first, have his first start in Mexico City. That's not something you want to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, they do have options. You can give, you can make it a bullpen game with Junis to to kick it off and and Beck to get in there as well. Um, Stripling and Manea kind of working their way into the rotation with Woodhurt. Um, so, so it's good. I mean, they do have options right now. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to find the name of, I'm trying to find the stadium. I found the stadium. Uh, oh, shout okay. out, shout out to big Leo. Big Leo asked if they're playing at stadium Azteca. They're, they're playing at a ballpark called, uh, Estadio Alfredo Harp. L L U L L U. Uh, Alfredo Harp L U stadium where the Red Devils of Mexico play, capacity of 20,000 seats. It became the first stadium built in the city in the last 50 years. So I believe uh, they played, or they were supposed to play in 2020, the Padres and the Diamondbacks, but that got canceled due to the uh, COVID-19 outbreak. So this is going to be the first time that Major League Baseball has ever been played in Mexico City. Did you look at the dimensions of the field? <laughs> three twenty-five to left, yeah. Four hundred to center, three twenty-five to right. <laughs> it's a cookie cutter, but those are uh, those are short little pokes down the line. So it's it, it will it will be it will be a high scoring ball game. I'm sure of it. Twenty thousand fans. That's that's a tiny stadium, but they're gonna get. Uh, they're going to get treated to some fireworks. You got a couple teams that like to hit home runs, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, we need to get Big Leo out with us to Sacramento to go to that. Heck yeah, to, to a game. Heck yeah, uh, man. All right, so they also play the like we said the Cardinals in in four games here. The Cardinals are sort of in, in the same scenario as the Giants here. Their uh, run differential numbers are a little bit better than the Giants. But they're nine and thirteen. Giants are eight and thirteen. Um, the, the like you said, the Pirates are kind of often running to a, a great start. So already St. Louis is six and a half games back. The Giants are only three games back because nobody yeah. is running away with the West quite yet. Arizona and LA are both twelve and eleven, and San Diego's twelve and twelve. Um, but the Dodgers have won their last two, as have San Diego and us. We've also won our last two. Now, I looked at Colorado, and I was like, wow, Colorado must be the worst team in Major League Baseball. And then I remembered there's a team also in the <laughs> Bay Area <laughs> called the Oakland A's. And the Oakland A's are 4-18. and 18. Now, they have scored 75 runs so far. 
It's not the worst. The Royals have scored 73. That is a team that we lost some games to there, by the way, the Royals. Yeah, yeah, two out of three. The Royals have only scored 73 runs, so they are the worst run-scoring team in baseball. The A's are second. But the A's have given up 178 runs. Wow. They are a minus 103 already in the run differential. I think that's like 50 more runs they've given up than anybody else. Actually, no, Colorado has 140. So almost 38 runs more than than Colorado. But those two teams by far, nobody else is above 125. So Colorado is one of the worst teams in the league so far. Uh, But what do you think about this uh, NL West? You know, I I was like, eight and 13. Gosh, this team looks so bad. And you kind of look up at the schedule and go, well... If there's a time to not play well, this might be the time if you can figure it out, you know, at some point, because nobody is running away with this division. Yeah, it's the National League West is for us. It's a good situation right now, because if we were eight and 13. And and either the Dodgers or the Padres or, you know, I'm not going to give any slight to the Diamondbacks. If the Diamondbacks, if any of those teams are running away with it right now, even though it's early in the season, uh, it would be demoralizing. You could be seven games back, eight games back right now. And that's a hole to dig out of. So nobody's really kicked it into gear yet. Whoever does in the next week or two is going to have a major advantage if nobody else is is kicking it into gear because again you're going to be in a situation where you're going to get a nice big lead and then you just kind of have to keep playing good baseball and hope somebody doesn't go on an absolute tear and get confidence and um get momentum so the giants are in a not terrible situation uh you know, winning winning those two those last two games against the Mets was huge. And the Mets are a good team and they're 14 and 9. Before those two games, they were 14 and 7. Uh, and they were chasing Atlanta and they're still kind of hanging right back behind Atlanta. But in a situation, if the Giants would have lost one of those two games or both of those games, now now you're staring at like, you know, four games back at, at seven and 15 and things will look a little bit uglier. But like you said too, St. Louis is coming in, although they're bringing in these two guys that have killed us for years, Goldschmidt and Arenado, and they're not hot yet. So that that's the biggest worry, isn't it? When, when, Arenado and Goldschmidt come in and they're not hot yet. You go, well, who else are they going to get hot against? This is they come into San Francisco and they go, ah, we're home. So if the Giants signed both of those guys, the Giants would win back to back to back World Series championships because they love playing at at Oracle. Um, So they're in a situation where four games against the Cardinals, but at home, you got to at least split or you got to win three of those games. Uh, to go into Mexico City against the Padres, who are also struggling, and and you got to feel good about yourself if you can do that. Um, if you end up losing that series or getting swept in that series to the Cardinals, man, it's a, it is a huge, huge uphill climb. Um, and I think the Giants match up well against the Cardinals. They're going, uh, they're facing uh, tonight, lefty then righty, then lefty then righty. So the Giants get to you know focus on putting two lineups out there twice in a four-game series. So you get a little bit of a, a chance to really kind of split this one up a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting series. Uh, but the National League West, man, not I wouldn't say it's up for grabs because we're only 20-something games into the season. Yeah. But uh, the momentum is up for grabs. That That's 100% true. The momentum right now is, is definitely up for grabs. I did some quick math. The A's are giving up. Eight on average, eight runs a game. <laughs> eight runs a game. And I thought our starting pitching was rough, but eight runs a game, man. You know, the one <laughs> thing about this season so far, there's some streakiness, some wild streakiness uh, on both sides. Uh, so, for instance, the Atlanta Braves started out really hot, fourteen and four. They've lost four in a row to get to yeah. to go fourteen and eight. Uh, and we know the uh, the Rays. They started out hot, and they're still playing really well. They won five in a row again. 
after starting out the season, I forget what their original winning streak was, but the Baltimore Orioles have won six in a row. Uh, they and, and I saw they just called up a kid that they drafted last year. <laughs> they called yeah. him up to the bigs. That was that. That's amazing. Oh no, I think he got he actually got um, promoted from low A to high A. Was that what it was? I believe? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know they made a big deal out of it on Twitter, and then I read it closer, and I was like, "What's the big deal here?" Oh, okay, uh, yeah, I must have missed. I'm then I just crazily misread, or that. or I missed another call up, uh, which is quite possible because I was kind of all over the place today. But, uh, but yeah, you keep going. I'll look that up. I don't uh, and I don't want to be wrong. So the. Uh, some of the other teams, uh, the White Sox and the and the Tigers, they're on four-game losing streaks. Houston, after starting a little slow, they're now on a four-game winning streak. Bochy's doing magic in Texas. You know, they're a plus 60 in the run differential, which makes them uh, second in all of baseball right now. And it's, like, by a wide margin, which is amazing. Obviously, the Rays, like I said, they're – yeah, everyone expects them to have the best run differential. They're a plus 88. They've scored 149 runs and only given up 61. Texas, 139 runs scored, only given up 79. Like, these are two teams playing some pretty dominating baseball. Whereas, like, you know, the, the Braves at 14 and 8, they're six games over 500, but their run differential is only a plus 24. So they're not as spectacular at this point. And even Arizona, we're talking about, they're leading the division. They're a minus four, and the, with the same record, the Dodgers are a plus 19. So you can kind of tell the difference in the two teams as far as overall value so far uh, of the teams. Giants are a minus 14, which I don't think is too terrible for their yeah. record. And, you know, the it, it, if they were, you know, much worse like uh, like Colorado, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's only going to get worse. I think I think they still have yeah. some room to improve here. So, yeah, early well, season and stuff, and it's it's not yeah. you know in, nothing really that you can you know create any sort of conclusions about. But uh, there's some fun stats, like for instance, the Cubs, twelve and nine, so they're playing decent baseball. They're three games back of the Pirates, but their run differentials better than the Pirates. So yeah. it just shows, you know, this early stuff, things will kind of even themselves out. But early early standings and early stats are kind of fun to look at. Yeah, for sure. And and so, yeah, it was Jackson Holiday number one pick in the 2022 draft. He was promoted to high A after he destroyed low A in 13 games. He had 392 average. is just ridiculous. 14 to 12 walk to strikeout ratio. Um, but Je- the way Jeff Passan worded it <laughs> the first tweet after that the first reply after that it says raise your hand if you initially thought jackson holiday was being promoted to the yeah, majors yeah because i, I, he, I he, glanced at yeah. it so I, <laughs> yeah I, I was like oh wow already at first too and then and then i read it like probably about 10 minutes later again and i was like oh wait because i <laughs> you know of course i'm one of those guys that sees sees those things and i'm like my fantasy team is not good enough. Maybe this rookie who's never played in the majors will help me win. And it doesn't help. <laughs> so I always go to try to grab those guys, but they, you know, they're unproven. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Passan, a really good writer, really good reporter, really yeah. good at getting first on, on news. Not the best podcast guest though. If he wanted to come on ours, I'd be like, you're the best podcast guest anyone could ever have. <laughs> because his gimmick is that he can do an impression of Elmo. Oh, no, we don't need that. I and, don't think and, anybody and needs like, that. It's not really that good of an impression. No, of Elmo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want any version of any impression of an El- Elmo because when the kids were younger, they watched a lot of Elmo. Yeah, yeah, we, was, we saw uh, our fair yeah. share. Yeah, Elmo and Mr. Noodles and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, I will still say, and we're not turning into the Elmo podcast here, uh, <laughs> the Peter and the Wolf version of, of Elmo was really good. If my oh, son, really? Okay. When, when my kids were small, like if I needed 45 minutes to kind of lay on the couch <laughs> and maybe halfway doze off, I would throw that on. So there some of go. it is also it's just kind of like in my half haziness of – not being awake but not being asleep, I would hear the story of Elmo and Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. But uh, from what, I'm, from my recollection, that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good video. Pe- 
I'm telling you, parents nowadays with little kids have no idea what it was like to go looking for that VHS tape <laughs> or that DVD, get everything fired up, put it in the DVD, get to the menus, click on the, nah, you just get to stream stuff now. It's a lot. Or, or, or the kids are so efficient at using an iPad. I, they just like, do it themselves. There's like two-year-old kids who are like, <laughs> I'm clicking this video and I'm watching it and I'm somehow running this other app at the same time, which is some sort <laughs> yes. of game. And they're just like, you just leave them. You just okay. You go in your room. You can play this thing for an hour, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go take a nap. Now so. you went to Disneyland just mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Did you see a lot of that? I saw a lot of that. That was kind of disturbing. The kids in the you're in Disneyland, and the kids in the stroller with the iPad watching some other show. That I was like, I don't get it. Well, it, Disneyland. The the move, and I I can say this because my ex wife and I took our kids to Disneyland pretty much from when they were tiny. You know, you know they were like two or three, and and they're only seventeen months apart. And so, the first like three hours of Disneyland, these little these, these little babies, you oh look at this and look at this, but then at some point they just crash out. Yeah, but if they don't crash out and they're like overstimulated, it can be hell. And so I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with the parents if they can find something for the child to do so that they're not just hysterically screaming. Cause that's just going to happen. Overstimulated kids are, are going to, you know, at that kind of place. And if it's, especially if it's hot, it wasn't really that hot on the day that we went to Disneyland though. It was when we went to California adventure, I could see, the crankiness of the kids and stuff. And then it kind of ruins things. And you're trying, you know, it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. And you're trying to have you know, your kids are like being brats and you're, everyone's looking at yeah, you like, man, can't you take screaming. care of your kid? <laughs> so I don't really fault them for that, but yeah, it is the way it's, it's the new pacifier. It's like, Oh, you're crying. Here's my phone. And there's just like this thing and they see movement and then they calm down. It's crazy. Yeah. I think I'm just old school. So I see that and I go, hmm. You know, because I think when the kids got crazy. Well, so the first trip we ever took to Disneyland, the kids were four and six. So we kind of waited a little bit. We thought, well, I want to wait till they can kind of uh, appreciate it a little bit more. Um, You know, went on the rides. But when they were a little bit all over the place, we either go back to the hotel and rest. uh, And there they would watch TV. You know, you put on Disney Channel or whatever, and they would crash out, fall asleep wake up, we'd go back to the park. But a lot of times what we would do is just kind of go find a grass area, sit down, bench area, whatever it was, sit down, relax, and then uh, let, you know, some snacks and just watch people go by um, and just kind of hang out for a little bit. Because Disneyland is a lot about uh, like sights and sounds, but everybody Disney's different, which is awesome. Um, I think that's the cool thing about the park. Everybody does it totally different. Whatever suits the family, whatever suits the kids, that's what you do. Cause that's what Disney is. Um, it's a hot day. You, where are you going to go? You're going to get a dole whip and you're going to go into the tiki room and you're just going to relax yeah. in the tiki room, watch the birds sing. It's air conditioned and have a dole whip, man. Yeah. Just chill out. Like you can do that type of stuff at, at Disney and then you can go out and then you can hop on Indy and have this crazy cool adventure. So, um, so yeah, just when I see the iPads, I'm always like, I think there's a different way, but who am I? I mean, I don't know, you know? I, uh, well, the the part that we don't see is that that might just be the babysitter. True. Right? That's true. Just, that yeah. just might be the, the for, for the child. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad that we didn't have that, but it's not like our own kids are, you know, non phones or tablets either. Yeah, so oh, they, God, they, they, they have their yeah. fair share. Yeah, uh, we've got teenagers. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, favorite ride in both parks. What do you got? Uh, of course, the uh, Rise of Resistance was awesome. That uh, was super awesome. Yes, uh, though I was surprised at how much fun Smuggler's Run was. Okay, good. I'm glad you liked it because I've ridden it twice and both times i thought i was gonna puke at the end because i get massive motion sickness no i I was i was with you i thought that that was gonna happen to me too and so uh, that's kind of why i didn't 
go on it. And then I, at the at the night, I was like, you know what? Who knows when I'm coming back? I got to go on it. That was fun. Uh, I always love indie, but we didn't get to go this time because it was broken down. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, what else? There's did... Matterhorn. There's Haunted Mansion. Thunder yeah, Mountain we... is my all-time favorite ride in, in that park. Thunder Mountain Railroad. I could ride that all day. We wanted to do Space Mountain, but we didn't get back to it because I, I heard Space Mountain's not going to be around after this year. Oh no, it'll be there. Are they? Are they like fixing it or something? Because somebody no. Said... So what they do coming up on May fourth? You uh, may the fourth be with you. The big Star Wars day in the park. Um, the ride actually turns into Hyper Space Mountain, oh. so it's Star Wars themed, and that is. That one I've ridden, and and that one I can ride because otherwise it makes me, again, nauseous. Uh, if I'm riding a roller coaster in the dark, I, I get nauseous because I don't know where I'm going. But Hyperspace Mountain, there's actually projections of the Death Star and oh, no X-Wings and, and TIE Fighters fighting. So you have things you can focus on. So I don't get as nauseous. Um, so it turns into that. It'll be overlaid with that. And then when that's over, it'll go back. And then during Halloween... It turns into, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a gigantic galaxy space monster chasing you throughout the ride during the Halloween season. And that's a blast too. That, that one's really fun. Uh, super spooky, uh, scary music at the beginning. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, those are the only times I ride that. I don't ride Space Mountain because I just, I get off of it and I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm, try- I'm still trying to think of what we did at California Adventure. We did a lot of stuff. For Ada, who's only eight, so yeah, you know, we did a lot of stuff for her. Um, gosh, what did we even? Do? Did you do the Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters? That's the dancing cars. No, okay, now I know what we did. Okay, we did the the Toy Story ride. Yes, that was fun. Yeah, that's that a, was a lot absolute of fun. blast. Yes, yeah. that the, see, I love those kind of rides. I don't like a roller coaster that has the giant drops. I can deal with the giant yeah, drops, yeah. but I'm just not into those giant drops. If you give me a roller coaster that kind of is fast and is like edgy and you're kind of moving, I dig that stuff. But the yeah. drops are like, eh, I could take it or leave the drops. So the Toy Story one was, I mean, the, the Cars one, sorry. The Cars one was. Oh, Cars. Sorry. Yeah. Cars one was was absolutely fantastic. Cars is fun because it starts out like you're just cruising along and all of a sudden you're racing. And yeah. that, that part, the racing part, we're going up and down the, the, the hills and everything. So fun. So fun. And you, and you didn't get on Goofy Sky School, right? That's... No, we did not get okay. there. But like I told you yeah. when we were in text, like half of the rides were out of, yeah. out of condition. And I'm thankful we went to Disney the day before because Rise of the Resistance was out of commission all day the next day. So yeah. We got yeah, kind of got lucky there. That's, yeah. We rope dropped Rise one day because when we go, we go for five days. So we rope dropped Rise like three days out of the five we were there. One of the three days, it was down from the time rope drop happened until like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so we went straight over to Mickey and Minnie's ra- Runaway Railway and did that one. Instead, that's the one that's, we didn't get to do. I wanted to do okay, that. That's, one, we didn't get that's to a do fantastic it. ride. That's the brand new one. So cool. Trackless ride. Uh, huge projections. You feel like you're in everything. That one's a lot of fun. So I'm glad you guys had a good time. Yeah, it was fun. All right. I think we're done here. Hopefully... Uh, this, consider this the pregame to Giants Cardinals game one. Hanniger and, and Slater back in the lineup, and <clears throat> I'm I'm going to predict Mitch Hanniger is going to go deep tonight. I think he's going deep tonight. Tonight he's, he's, he's coming I mean, out with just fire on fire. He's coming out. So well, he's going to play tonight, and he's going to play Wednesday night because he got a, a a lefty tonight and a lefty Wednesday. So there so. we go. That's my prediction. Right. We got some Golden Knights hockey tonight. There you go. A little Golden Knights hockey. What's their That's series not a, like? Not a Bay Area thing, but I know. Uh, they're up 2 1 uh, in Winnipeg again tonight for another game. The, the Saturday's game was just outrageous. They were up 4 1 going to the third period, blew the lead. It was 4 4. Played uh, a full overtime of 20 minutes. Everybody was 
gassed. And then they started the second one about five minutes in. Uh, Golden Knights scored, and, and that was it. So, yeah. Uh, there you go. Well, yeah. the uh, NBA playoffs and the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are they're, they're every day at this point. So still every, every, still every day going with games. Baseball is going every day until October. So it's a good time for sports. Get oh, your yeah. get your sports fix in. All right, but that'll be it for here uh, with us. And like I said, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, death lineups. And Sunday, we want winners. Talking 49ers draft. So busy week for us as well at BSPN. But for Brad, I'm Double G. And thanks to Leo for popping in and saying what's up. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. This is Trevor Lane from the LakersNation.com podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team podcast network and business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire.